Please, speak freely. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to today's show where we are talking all about the Book of Boba Fett trailer. Yay! Whoa! Happy November. Happy Star Wars. I don't know. For some reason, it feels like now, once you get to November, every single year, it feels like you're going to get something new Star Wars-y. You know? It just – it feels like the 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 hype train is going. <laughs> we just yeah, jumped there, on board. There's something – there's something in the air once you hit November. A little bit of chill in the air, a little bit of hyperspace, something like that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> this trailer launched this morning, okay? And it's pretty badass, I'm going to say. Just as anything with Boba Fett these days is. All right, so Caitlin, what did you think? What was your reaction? What was your vibe? I thought it was a good vibe. I'm excited. <laughs> Generally speaking, good vibes all around. (laughs) You know, I think Boba Fett, we've discussed at length our journey with the Boba Fett character, and this is by far our favorite iteration of Boba Fett. So I think everything we saw from him in The Mandalorian just – for us, it totally clicked into place for this character when it hadn't prior. So I think continuing like with this version of Boba Fett, I'm really excited for. And I think it's crazy too because you know I've just been thinking about like last year in The Mandalorian and like when Boba Fett entered and they did the whole premiere of the Boba Fett or like the um, you know after credits clip with the book of Boba Fett and being just so confused (laughs) over what these shows were going to be. Like, you can go back and listen to our review of the end of The Mandalorian where we were like, is... Is, are we done with Din? Are we are we just moving to like a new vault? We were we were so confused. I was really confused about what we were expecting, what this meant for the Mandalorian, what exactly the Book of Boba Fett was, all of this stuff. But it, it feels like we have a good direction now, and I think this trailer, this trailer really got me excited for the show. And honestly, honestly, I'm really excited for Fennec Shand. I love her so much. <laughs> I do too. She's amazing. And I just want to stop here for a second and kind of talk a little bit about how, yes, we've talked at length about our relationship with Boba Fett, how it's ebbed and flowed basically, and how we've been sort of reluctant Boba fans. But I think as I've gotten older and I've spent more time in the Star Wars fandom and had the podcast and everything, and there's been just more Boba Fett content, I guess, and with stories and just a lot more nuance, I guess. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Just There's just a lot more story there now that I think Caitlin and I are all in. We're here for it. He was definitely one of our favorite parts of season two of The Mandalorian, too. It, it was really surprising to us, I think. And yeah. But I think that what's interesting is that I've kind of spent – the past year, not like (laughs) every single day, but I feel like I've been collecting sort of this realization of how and why people are really big fans of Boba Fett. And I think it really comes down to this mysteriousness. So I just want to acknowledge the gargantuan challenge of creating a show or a film that remember that film concept that was scrapped a long time ago mm-hmm. back in the early days of the Disney purchase like it's a challenge to deal with Boba Fett and how to how do you do respect to the character that is whose entire vibe has been mysteriousness has been low screen time has been anonymity 
Yes. And I think that it's going to be so interesting to see how they do this throughout a series that is solely focused on him, especially in his older age. I mean, we saw him as a child and that was different because basically we were focused on when when we think about Attack of the Clones, like for me, I think about, oh, Attack of the Clones has Django in it and Boba's in it too, but Django's in it. I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch them really create an extremely well-rounded character out of Boba Fett. I'm not saying that doesn't already exist because I think it does, but how do they continue that journey of showing what people love and like feeding into what people love about Boba Fett already and also adding on to that in a way that pleases audiences, that is a good show, that sort of like that taps into that Star Wars mythology, all these things. I think it's a challenge and I think that Robert Rodriguez is up to the task and John and Dave have a good story going. I have full confidence in it, but I'm really excited to talk through it and uncover it as the show progresses. Yeah, I would I would argue that I would say we don't really have a good character development of Boba yet. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just didn't want to make it seem like, I, I don't know. I feel like there has been a lot of inter- iterations of Boba Fett, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just um, didn't want to acknowledge the fact that there was a lot. We've seen him a lot, but I just wouldn't say that the the like internal personal vibe of Boba Fett isn't really told that much. We've, we've had no vibe from Boba Fett. No <laughs> personal vibe. It's not inner okay. working vibe yeah. from Boba Fett. But back to Boba Fett, I and his lack of personal vibe. I think that I think you made a really good point that it's really hard to uh like kind of approach this character like finally you know really going underneath the mask because it's that quote that I bring up a lot now from Dave Filoni from like the last I think it was the first season of the Mandalorian gallery roundtable thing where he said you know it didn't matter what they did on screen it mattered what they did in my mind and I think Boba Fett is such the epitome of that kind of character of just immediately sparking something in so many people's minds when he first came out. And that has just kind of continued for the past 40 plus years. And so to really finally approach a character like that, that is so cemented in Star Wars mythology, but that you know, a lot is actually not known about him. I think it, like you said, is a really tall order. (laughs) And I think it's interesting too, because Boba is, there's so much that could be brought up in this show from Boba's past and where he's connected. And like, we have seen parts of Boba's life, especially like I, we would be remiss to not talk about, you know, younger Boba in the Clone Wars too, not just in Attack of the Clones, but we have had instances, whole episode arcs actually of him in the Clone Wars, but still like everything that he went through kind of post Revenge of the Sith, there's still a lot that is relatively unknown. And I think Boba is one of those interesting characters, kind of in the way that I think about Bail Organa, honestly, of they've they've met so many of our quote-unquote mains in the star wars universe and there's just so much that they've seen of the galaxy they've survived through a lot of our known timeline when you can't really say that about all of our characters (laughs) in star wars and so i think that's just so interesting for what his understanding of the galaxy and his understanding of politics, what he thinks about all of these changes in leadership. You know, I think at the end of the day, Boba, at least what we know of him so far, he's someone who, um, you know, he was a bounty hunter for a good, you know, that's how he was introduced was as a bounty hunter. Um, But what does he really think about everything that's going on? We've seen with a character like the Mandalorian where, 
you know, Din's first objective was to get his paycheck, was to finish the job. But he was the kind of character where you knew he had this moral compass within him somewhere. And the instances that that moral compass would get brought out, that's where the story is, right? With Grogu and some of the people that he encounters. Is there going to be something like that for Boba where we know that he was in it for his job, for survival, for all of that. But is there some kind of moral compass that has been created in him through the things that he's experienced, whether it is through his father's death, um, through the things he experienced in the Clone Wars or in uh, the original trilogy timeline? Um, I don't know. Or or is none of that there? And we're going to see that moral compass kind of be created in him at this juncture in his life. I think there's a lot of possibility there. I also think, sorry to go on a bit of a tangent here, but I also think it's so interesting to finally spend so much time with Boba Fett, given how much time we've spent with the clones and knowing that they are very separate. And again, how will that be uh, discussed in the show, especially with someone like Fennec, who we know is entrenched with the clones or knows the clones um, through the Bad Batch. It's just, it's it's a funky timeline and it's honestly a funky character. <laughs> like <laughs> One of the OG clones, but, you know, he was Jango's son, but he survived. Like, he had the face that was that of the cl- you know what I mean it's just it's weird and him going through the past 30 years or however long um in the galaxy that must have been really hard did he ever encounter other clones I mean of course we've got Omega to think about now like there's so many interesting pieces that could be pulled in here absolutely and just to talk a little bit more about how Boba Fett has seen all these characters throughout the Star Wars timeline and knows a lot of people and has been around. I always think it's really funny, those memes that are about that last episode of season two of Mandalorian, about how Boba actually wasn't present when Luke came in to take Grogu. And how if later on the ship, (laughs) when Boba finds out that Luke Skywalker (laughs) took Grogu, like, what... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait, wait, connecting the dots. Like, wait, are you positive? Are you sure about that? And it's just so funny to me. And I love that. And I think that's something that's really funny about the character of Boba that you're totally right to point out. And maybe we should dive right into the trailer. And I, we have a lot of things that we want to talk about and everything. But I think you said like, oh, Boba Fett was introduced as a bounty hunter. Well, the most interesting thing to me about this trailer, maybe not the most interesting thing, but like one of the more interesting things about the trailer is that the first piece of dialogue that you hear is Boba Fett saying, I am not a bounty hunter. And the alien saying, I've heard otherwise. For me, I'm like, okay, so this show is going to purely challenge his identity. And who is Boba Fett is going to be the central thought of the show, at least in the beginning. And that's something that will be explored. I mean, I think identity is a huge theme within Star Wars in general, as it is for most stories. But I think for Boba, since he literally came back from the dead, it's a big question. And to hear him immediately deny the moniker that we've heard him claim for years in the trailer is really intriguing. And of course, we know this, obviously, for The Mandalorian and everything. But to hear it reiterated again, just, I don't know, for me, it lays out a really interesting story, like I mentioned about identity and who he is and who who he claims to be and what, whether or not that's something that he's going to return to. Like, is he ever going to return to being that bounty hunter? Is that something that we as the audience should want for him or should we want something else for him? 
I think that I think that question or that statement of not a bounty hunter that speaks to kind of everything we've already been talking about. Like it becomes really meta, you know, like who does, who is Boba Fett? Well, yeah, that's the question. Like no one actually really knows that much about him. (laughs) So that's the question that we're asking as the audience. And then, and that's what this show is doing. It's our first kind of deep concentrated long form foray into who Boba Fett is. And uh, the fact that Boba Fett is questioning, and maybe not questioning, he's redefining who he is. Um, he wants to have a new identity, and I think that is going to be be part of be part of the show. Because the thing is, it's like I feel like the way that Boba portrays himself, both in the Mandalorian and within this trailer, particularly in the trailer, like coming back to Tatooine, sitting on Jabba's throne, all of that. Like he's he's not some mere bounty hunter. Like he's looking to take control here and that's a much higher position than some one-off bounty hunter that maybe you know he had this really big reputation throughout the original trilogy but at the end of the day he was still on someone else's dime you know what i mean whereas he doesn't want that to be the case now and that's perhaps what he's been working towards yeah caitlin what do you think the central plot of the show is going to be if you could guess maybe two separate things what would they be i mean i think it's going to be about Boba's identity and like who he is at the end of the day um along with Fennec but I think I think that's kind the thing is I don't have big speculation behind what the what the overarching plot is like I could speculate a lot about the characterization of Boba Fett throughout this show but I mean aside from like the politics of Tatooine and like him taking over I'm not really sure you and I were talking about like crime syndicates earlier today and if that would get brought into the Boba Fett show. And I think I think that's really – that's a possibility very easily for that to get brought in. Um, but I'm not sure if I would put money on it quite yet. Yeah, I think it's interesting because people who aren't as well-versed in the animated shows and sort of like the – sort of deeper plot lines of like what a crime syndicate even is based off of shows like the clone wars and even just that background backstory in solo a star wars story which is probably the least watched star wars movie even though i like it a lot um i still feel like there might be some confusion about what even are the crime syndicates in star wars and i think that maybe book of boba fett might be a way to bring people up to speed about that and talk about that in a more broader sense because i think there's a lot of people now who just started watching star wars television from the mandalorian and might be watching the show from the mandalorian like i think there's a lot more entry points into star wars these days and i'm pretty sure that people are like the creators like john and dave are just really conscious of that because of the way that they're bringing in animated elements or elements of Star Wars that have originated in animated shows back into the live action stuff because it feels like it's intentional. It's not overly explanatory, but it still is enjoyable for people who haven't watched that other stuff, right? And I think that perhaps this would be a good place to explore that. On the surface, I think the show will be sort of mob bossy, crime syndicate, crimey underworld. I mean, it literally says underworld in the trailer. So I think that it is an underworld story. But it's interesting because I feel like that is at odds with how I understand or like how I think this story is going to go. Personally, like on in a really broad sense, I think that Boba Fett is going to be like a benevolent ruler. And we're going to see that sort of switch. But with the timeline of like we're inching closer and closer to like the rise of the First Order and things like that or like 
whatever is happening politically with the galaxy right now. And maybe that doesn't even matter because we're on Tatooine and that's so far in the outer rim that, you know, for since the Phantom Menace, we've heard that things don't even reach out there. Right. So maybe it doesn't even matter, but I'm still just trying to figure out like, okay, so what's going on politically and can I expect a sort of liberation story? Because I think that longtime listeners know that one of my major frustrations with Star Wars is the fact that the slavery thing was never really dealt with within Star Wars. And I think now we have a story that it takes place on Tatooine where we have a character who is assuming the role of king or boss or Jabba the Hutt, right? Someone who rules Tatooine. Yeah. King, boss, Jabba, who's to say? And I was really just hoping that perhaps the story would go there or at least touch on that or something with regards to Tatooine because I do think that the show is going to not maybe like primarily take place on Tatooine. Um, so in in my head, sort of broadly, I would think this would be a story of, okay, who am I? I am a clone. I am a bounty hunter. That's who I have been in the past, but now I've been reborn. I've been given this opportunity to live again, and what am I going to make of that? And how do I <laughs> take what I ha- was, was in the past and kind of bring that forward? It's a very something that we talked about a lot with the sequel trilogy, right? Like not let the past die, but take that piece of your past and bring it forward with you into new territory. And I just kind of hope that that's sort of the central theme that we're exploring. In terms of plotline, I think you're probably right that we're going to deal with that, just given the fact of what we just witnessed in the trailer, which felt like a lot of roundtable meetings. <laughs> 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 which a it felt very session. yeah a lot of and, and I, I don't mean that negatively i'm here for that it's very prequely to me just like sitting and talking and tension and things like that table. but yeah a table Conference and table yeah have to reserve so, the meeting room like 1 30 to 2 30 boba yeah. addresses the council basically and i just i think that it's um it's really interesting also way back in the time of rise of skywalker speculation I remember people talking about how there was this sort of leaked plotline about how the resistance was going to call upon the huts to fight the First Order. And I actually really liked that because it felt like, okay, we're all finally, people are getting on the same level. It'll be interesting to see that plotline explored and things like that. And I think that I was sort of waiting for that because it felt sort of right in terms of the story. Yeah, it did feel kind of full circle, Um, but it didn't happen. And I feel like... I could potentially see that coming into here because I feel like nothing is ever thrown away. I don't even know if that was actually on the table or if that was just a weird rumor, but it feels feels interesting. And the fact that that could possibly be something that is explored here of sort of subverting what we know about the huts. I think that this sort of subversion of evil is going to be a major theme in Book of Boba Fett too. In The Mandalorian, I think that Dave and John did, particularly in Dave's episode, um, where Fennec was introduced actually, about the when we saw Din communicating with sign language to the Tuscans. And I thought that was a really good, I talked about it then, I think it was a really beautiful moment where we sort of look upon the Skywalker saga as, wow, the Tuscans were never communicated with, so then they're seen, they're seen as other. And I think that there's a way to continue this sort of subversive um, notion of 
characters that we've seen before as quote unquote evil and how can we kind of move them forward by meeting them on their level or treating them as human or things like that. And I I wonder if that's what we're going to get here too with the huts. I don't know how they'd be able to pull it off, but it would be really freaking cool if they could. You said two things that I kind of want to circle back to about um, Boba Fett being a clone and like part of his identity. And part of me wonders if Boba Fett even considers himself a clone since he yeah, was – I don't how, – how do you talk about that? Regular growth? Like yeah. <laughs> wasn't not accelerated growth. That's it. I was like, what do you say? I forget how to talk about him. Um, and that Boba Fett would be a benevolent ruler over Tatooine. One, I think it's really interesting to – I hadn't really con- fully considered bringing in the slavery storyline on Tatooine, kind of catching back up on where we are with all of that on Tatooine, any changes that have happened as far as slavery on Tatooine or in certain cities on Tatooine. I think that would be really interesting. It's hard for me to imagine Boba Fett as a benevolent ruler. And I think this brings back the question of like that moral code. You know, someone like Din, it came out at certain points. What is it that Boba Fett is fighting for? Is it just for control? Is it just for himself? Is it revenge for everything he feels like he lost? Like he was he was the clone. He was Jango's son. And all of that was taken away from him. Does he feel like this is... Uh, recompense for everything that he's lost or is there some kind of greater moral want out of all this such as freeing Tatooine from slavery undoing slavery altogether um I think it like I almost wanted to ask the question of like is Boba Fett going to be kind of this like pseudo Robin Hood in the sense that he is um aggressive towards the people that get in his way politically when it comes to like keeping the status quo and potentially like the the class system that is in place on Tatooine and or and then he's going to be that kind of benevolent ruler to the to like the enslaved people and you know setting them up with a new life I don't know it's very interesting to think about and I think that's such a big question mark right now of what is the point of going to Tatooine and taking over. Uh, is it just that that's what someone like Boba Fett does? He wants to be in control. He wants to have people under him. He has an agenda. Like what – I guess like that's the – you know, he's he's at the meeting. He's at the conference room. What is the agenda? <laughs> it's so interesting though because I don't necessarily see someone like Boba Fett, at least in the iteration that we saw him in in The Mandalorian, as evil at all. So I don't really think – like we do with our Sith characters, how power is the goal. I don't really see that with Boba. I and I don't I don't know if I think that that's the the root. And I think you nailed it about the the is this a Robin Hood situation? Because <laughs> it could be, right? Where they we have that shot of the helmet spilling over with coins. And I think that money is obviously going to play into this. I think we're gonna get some sort of Western mix of like the Godfather, and then a Western, and then also we have this Messiah figure in in Boba Fett too, which I think is going to be explored. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think that the Robin Hood aspect might be really interesting. And you're right about the identity as a clone. I think that that's something that Boba hasn't come face to face with. I would, I think that he would think he's superior to all that. Um, yeah. But 
and I again, I would like to see that be talked about. Again, that's another thing with Omega. I think we're just dying to see that sort of reunion and how that's going to happen because I think that we'd see that sort of understanding of superiority once they meet. But, oh, my gosh, I don't know. It could go a lot of different ways because if the show ends up just being like – underworld messy money crime syndicates like this is a this is about power i wouldn't hate it but i do think that there's going to be more to that because to me star wars is always like this like this let's be honest this trailer is pretty cryptic and it's it's pretty small like there's not a lot going on there's um with the it reminded me a lot of that first mandalorian trailer that we saw in at star wars celebration in chicago that we didn't really see a lot. It was just a lot of images. We kind of got the vibe of what the show's going to be, but not full. Like we didn't even see Grogu, right, in in that initial trailer. I feel like this trailer was very focused on Fennec and Boba and the fact that they have dealings. Like we come away with it being like, oh, there's there's business to be done on Tatooine. <laughs> and I don't know what that business is going to be, but we're going to find out. And I think that it's just – I don't know. I think that as usual, Star Wars might be showing us like the first episode or something in this trailer, first two or three episodes. Um, and then the rest is left up to our imagination. And that's why we're here talking about it now. But I think it really could go in two separate directions. And just again, just to kind of return to what I was saying about The Mandalorian, I think when we look at The Mandalorian, I feel like that show ended up being really soft at its core, right? When it comes to emotions and things like that. And I think every single Star Wars is pretty soft. And I I just expect that to happen with the Book of Boba Fett too. Not to mention that I actually do think a romance is going to blossom between Boba and Fennec too. So there's that as well. That and that's another element. <laughs> I think that you agree with that, right? Like, I think that there's at least for me, I'm like, I I ship it. So oh, I, I want I it to ship happen. It. I don't know if they'll yeah. do it, but I 100 percent ship it. I want them to do it so bad. Yeah, I think no, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, not gonna lie, like I'm still here for like my Fennec and Tech ship from the Bad Batch. 100. <laughs> the, the most random one. The most random ship. The most you can be a multi shipper. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was years ago, comparatively. <laughs> that was literally years ago. Uh, I remember I had this like grand theory about like hard like a big AU of like Tech and Fennec got together and like somehow Boba switched it. Like it was it was it was very involved. I can't even remember the details of it. But that like the Boba Fett we see in the Mandalorian is actually Tech. <laughs> No, just no. I'm gonna stop you there. <laughs> That's a good. I I would read that story. I would read that fic. Um, but with Boba, you know, you described him as like not seeing him as an evil character, and this is such the interesting thing about these types of characters that we have. Like, if we're looking at Boba and kind of the swath of bounty hunters and also crime syndicate leaders that we have, like, where does he fall in in the on the moral code in his you know, like the extremes, right? Like if we put him up against like some of the other crime syndicate lords like Maul and Dryden Voss that we know, you know, I would definitely consider Maul the most evil <laughs> out of all of those. But then we also know that Maul is this <laughs> super emotional too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one bad day away from a breakdown. <laughs> Um, but then I think he's already had his breakdown. But I okay. mean, he's had a couple. It depends on it depends yeah. on what part of the timeline we're we're visiting. Molly. Right. Um, 
But I think he's the one that presents as the most evil, I guess I should say. And Dryden Voss, I think, is definitely like a very specific type of evil. But it's that distinguished uh, evil gentleman kind of stereotype that they give to Dryden Voss. But then, you know, you put him next to other bounty hunters that we've seen. You know, he's got that whole arc with the bounty hunters in the Clone Wars with like Cad Bane. Um, and of course, now I can't think of any of the other like Aura Singh is there. Um, and even like if we were to compare him to like Ventress and people like that. And of course, he was a child back then or I guess like a young preteen teenager. Um, but yeah, it's like I, I don't think of Boba Fett as evil, but I also don't think of him as good because we've seen what he can do. And much like Din, it feels like he lives very much by a code right now. And the code, but the code is his, whatever he writes. Um, and on any given day, it can change depending on what he needs, I think. So I just I'm really interested to see what it is that he ultimately is willing to risk it all for mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Is it Fennec? Is it himself? Is it something else entirely that like, is there another baby Grogu that we just don't know about yet? Please, no. I don't, I don't think we need that. But. I don't think I don't think we do either, but it's. It's hard to imagine seeing a sacrificial Boba Fett. And mm. that's just because of where we are right now. And I think the closest thing we can compare it to is the Mandalorian right now. And like seeing everything that Din eventually did for Grogu, that's not who I would have seen doing that in the beginning of the show. Although, like, honestly, Din already put it all on the line for Grogu from the very get-go. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, you know, in the in the beginning of the Mandalorian, there was still like a price that mm-hmm. Din was going for. But as soon as you saw like that first shot with Grogu and Din, you know, it was, it was all over. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I just, I, I wonder what it's going to be for Boba that it doesn't matter what his profit or his reward is. He would give that up for X. And yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. And I'm really curious to see. And Yes, I want Omega in this show <laughs> or brought up, but I don't think she will be because I think they'll save that if they do end up meeting. I think they would put that in the Bad Batch. Like that's where we'll first hear about it yeah. and see it. And then mm-hmm. maybe afterwards we'll see it referenced or discussed or maybe Omega will be there in the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to mention that the Benevolent Ruler – comment came from Boba saying, Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. Respect doesn't and mean kindness, though. It doesn't, but it does. it's like kind of opposite of what Jabba – I mean, he's literally saying, I want to do something different <laughs> than Jabba. So I immediately am like, hmm, interesting. And I also don't know if I believe him either or if I'm yeah. supposed to believe him in a Star Wars trailer. It's sometimes the <laughs> – uh, the, the odds of um, a trailer being a misdirection are – low in Star Wars lore, but I um, it's still a possibility, so I don't know. I also wanted to comment before I forget that the music in this trailer is so cool, and I'm pretty sure it is Ludwig Gorenzen who did the same music for The Mandalorian. Sometimes they have different 
musicians for the trailers. So I'm not sure if this is something that he scored, but I feel like it is because that's how they did it for The Mandalorian too. And I loved it. That crescendo at the end is amazing. And I highly recommend watching the trailer with headphones if you have really nice headphones or good headphones because the end, the sound design as usual with Skywalker Sound is just immaculate, perfect, even in a trailer. And you can hear the ship like go across your headphones it's so cool you should do it (laughs) if you haven't just to kind of go back to what you were saying about how i think you talked about boba being a sacrificial character and like how you don't really see that happening or him being sacrificial in the same way that i don't see it um, yet din was yeah yet and you could you could see it because most characters i feel like in star wars can possibly be sacrificial yeah yeah uh but i think That brings me to something that I might find as a little bit of a problem with the Book of Boba Fett as a show before it even starts. And (laughs) I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think we've already seen Boba die. So the stakes of his death or sacrificing or something like that are low. But that said, because we've seen him die already, if he were to fully sacrifice himself in like a very human death, not being fed to a monster or something, perhaps that would be really emotional. And I wonder if that's how it will end. I can't imagine that they would bring Boba Fett back just to kill him off again, like in the end or anything like that. But um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a little bit of like an odds about stakes because now he's back. So like, what is the goal? I, it's like, like I said in the beginning of the show about how I think that this concept of playing with Boba Fett, the character, is really challenging. There's a lot of things going against the way that this story can go because Boba has lived in the imagination of so many people for so long. And that also includes like clawing his way back out of the Sarlacc pit. And what does that even mean? And things like that. Something, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about the stakes of him dying. I would be very surprised if we got to his death, at least in the first season, you know. It, yeah, it yeah, does totally. feel crazy to go through all of that speculation to kill him off in, you know, six to eight episodes all over again. <laughs> now, but every season just starts over with Boba Fett crawling out of the Sarlacc pit. Um, like a new time loop has started. <laughs> Oh my and gosh. He starts every single year somehow crawling out of the star like that. It's uh, like Groundhog Day, but Star Wars. Yeah, but Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> With Boba Fett. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah, so it does bring a question of then like what are the stakes? Not that like life and death are the stakes for every Star Wars story. Right, right, right. They're not. They're not. They're not. At all. Sacrifice looks like a lot of different things. So I think we can see that play out in a lot of different ways for Boba. One thing that I – this is kind of an aside or not exactly on the same topic that you were talking about. But one thing that I found myself thinking about, you know, when we're thinking about Boba's identity, how he views himself, how he does or does not view himself as a clone, you know, are there any other clones left at this juncture? Um, Is he the only one? Have all the others – died or is omega still alive with him you know what i mean i think that's interesting thinking about we talked about we speculated about this a lot with boba fett and omega in the bad batch and if like what it would mean if they met and honestly we talked a lot about like if boba would view omega as a sister and if he had some kind of yearning for family and i think i think this is 
worth circling back to in our greater conversation of Boba Fett because he was so devastated at his father's death, at Django's death. And we saw how connected he was to Django and how Django's death sent him down a certain path in life. And I think when we thought about the possibility of Omega and Boba Fett meeting in the Bad Batch, it was like, oh, does Boba view her as a sister? Does Boba Fett want to be in her life? Like, does he want them to be a family, to be together? Like, does he view them as equals since, you know, they're not like the other clones? Um, And I think there's something there of perhaps Boba yearning for a family or if he finally, or just like connection, um, I don't mean like family in the sense, like even like in a romantic sense, like with Fennec or anyone else, perhaps that's there, of course, but, um, having someone who understands his past, I wonder if he'll come, like if he'll come face to face with a clone throughout this show who is somehow still alive and what that will do to him if he will eventually want to connect with that person or if he will like, honestly, I could see a situation where he just, like, kills off that clone, honestly, um, in, like, anger at everything that has happened in his life and with his father. And I don't know. I think it's really – I found myself kind of thinking through all of those possibilities when you were talking about um, Boba Fett just now and, like, the stakes of his life and what are the stakes when he's the only one left that looks like him when he grew up in a world hiding how he looked – because of the stigma of the clones at any given time period. I don't know. It's fascinating, honestly. And does he view them as people, too? Because then that cycles brings in our whole other show of the Bad Batch and what is their identity as a human? What does a happy ending look like for a clone? Boba Fett is technically a clone. What does a happy ending look like him? Is he a character that's going to get a happy ending? Yeah, and I think that some fans would even say that Boba has already had a happy ending because he had he's now been rescued from the Sarlacc pit. I think if that was the last time we saw Boba in The Mandalorian, I think it would be like, wow, he's back. Wonder what he's going to do. And again, would be that would begin the cycle of the intriguing, mysterious, anonymous person venturing through the galaxy. You never know where he's going to show up next. But now we have a whole show about it, so it really does focus that central question of who is he? And I think this sort of brings me into what I really wanted to talk about. And it's something that we touched upon briefly when Boba did return back in season two, but I think it's an, it's it's worth commenting on now that we're at the beginning of the show, that we ha- we're like a month and a half away from the show premiering and things. But um, Boba, it's so symbolic, number one, that both Boba and Fennec have both returned from the dead. Characters who return from the dead, I mean, it's not rare in Star Wars for that to happen, but the way that Boba has crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and then has been reborn and then also helped Fennec also be reborn, um, I think it it sort of lends itself to a Messiah-type story. And the whole concept of dying and then rising is something that is explored throughout literature, throughout history, um, obviously, even biblically. And I, I think that what is – that's why I sort of lean into, okay, this is a story about someone gaining a better sense of them, their selves because like Carl Jung believes that the rising god 
then becomes the greater personality, a better person, a better self. You fully untap that unconsciousness once you come back <laughs> through this dying cycle and then rise again. So, and there's a lot of myths throughout history that kind of lend to this as well. But I just think that both Boba and Fennec now are characters who are, are have teamed up and they're both back from the dead. So what are they going to make of it? I think that's really the central question is like, why are they back? What are they going to do with this newfound power of returning to the world? And how do they help each other? How do they find themselves in certain situations? Is he, are we really going to see Boba become sort of godlike in the end? You know, I recently saw um, the latest James Bond movie, No Time to Die. And they've really, no spoilers, but they really leaned into James Bond being a godlike figure. And it just really sent me down this path of, are they going to lean super hard into that with Boba Fett too? Because that feels like a sort of natural way to do that to kind of set him apart because he is already sort of in a meta sense a special character he's someone who's so beloved in fandom how do you in incorporate that into the story you elevate him to sort of god status that is different from being a jedi that is different from being a force user but how do you do that you give him some power but make him a benevolent leader that's my opinion i, th I feel like he could potentially be some sort of a savior figure and i think they will tap into this concept of like him being a messiah i don't know caitlin what do you think about all that uh, maybe that's how he sees himself when he enters into Tatooine. Yeah, which could potentially be like problematic too. Yeah, but again, I, I don't really know if this is. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to be a villain story because I can't really tell from the trailer, and I not I'm not really supposed to tell from the trailer. It's just a trailer. Yeah, but I it, it could go either way, you know. Yeah, I think it's walking down all of these paths of because that's 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 it. Who is Boba Fett? Who is he when he started this? Who was he back then? Who is he going to become by the end of this series, even by the end of season one? I think that's the question. And why is it Tatooine that he wants to come back to, the place of his rebirth? Um, is it to aid those who helped him? Is it to seek revenge on those who – not that he like got sent to the Sarlacc pit per se, but um, like what what is the purpose here? And I think that's a good thing to bring up just the combination of Fennec and Boba as both people that have been brought back to life together. And, you know, we've seen that Fennec has loyalty to Boba, but because he brought her back, he healed her and saved her. So, and she, that's kind of an unfaltering loyalty, very similar in a way to like Chewie and Han. Um, so it, does Boba have that kind of loyalty to someone else and we just don't know it yet? I don't know. I think there, and maybe that person is on Tatooine, you know what I mean? Like there's just so many questions, but I think almost in their eyes, if there is going to be this, we have nothing to lose, we've already died once kind of mentality to the two of them. Yeah, completely. I don't know. It just it really makes me so excited to explore all these concepts and talk about it on the podcast and everything because I really do think there's a rich treasure trove of different ways this could go and it really excites me. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. You had made a note in our you made a note in our notes <laughs> <laughs> about uh the Egyptian god Osiris and I think it it is an interesting myth about rebirth or coming back 
in a sense, to life. Um, in Egyptian mythology, Osiris was uh, Pharaoh and his brother Set chopped him up into pieces and sent him down the river. Um, but then his wife Isis collected all the pieces of his body and um, brought him back to life in a sense, but it was of the underworld. And Osiris is considered the first mummy because all his pieces were wrapped back together <laughs> and he became a mummy. Um, and that's where the Egyptians got their like embalming techniques. But Osiris ruled over the underworld. And so it's it's interesting to think of Boba Fett dying on Tatooine in the Sarlacc pit, which is supposed to devour him slowly and then being brought back to life there. And then we've talked about the underworld and how that's mentioned in this trailer. And so him becoming ruler of the underworld, the seedy underclass, like I think, I think that connection is there. And I think the, the death and rebirth is something to keep an eye on as we move throughout the series for sure. It's almost like, Boba and Fennec's story is that Osiris story combined. They're definitely, I feel like they definitely took inspiration from that. I could totally see Dave being into that. Couldn't you? Yeah, I would love that personally. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be super cool. Okay, Caitlin, what was your favorite part of the trailer? Um, Fennec. Honestly, mm. I just, I can't get enough of her. I think she's so cool. I've loved her costume since day one. I think she's such a cool character and I'm really excited. Like there was a lot of Fennec in this trailer too. So it makes me really excited for her to be a big player in the show as well. Oh yeah. I think that they sort of have equal billing, Tem and Ming-Na. They both yeah. have I, – I feel like this is their show. It's the book of Boba Fett, but it's Fennec and Boba. Yeah, and absolutely. And I, I think that there's a really great shot in the trailer of Fennec and Boba in some sort of elaborate looking tower – Mm -hmm. uh it's it's like a window situation and they zoom out it's gorgeous i really love that sort of imagery for star wars it's been a while i feel like we're in like dusty sand planets but that looked really luxe and rich <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> to see it <laughs> yeah um what um, was your favorite part I don't know. It's hard. I think that you're right that I think Fennec was the coolest. I just – I thought the dialogue was really cool and yeah. obviously we've spent almost an hour talking about the dialogue and what are the implications and things like that and sometimes Star Wars doesn't use a lot of dialogue in their trailers and this felt very dialogue heavy so kind of liked that. I also want to talk a second about the spider thing in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> because I watched that and then this was another instance of me feeling like a really bad Star Wars fan. And just to enlighten people who don't know what this is. Okay, so the spidery thing, we have we saw that in Return of the Jedi. We've seen that for years, right? In the shadows of Jabba's palace. But here it looked really cool, super stop motion-y, just awesome. And I found out that that was the Boomer monks. Mm -hmm. And we found out that the Bomar Order, which consisted of the Bomar Marks, I'm quoting Wikipedia, was a religious order that believed in isolating themselves from all physical sensation to enhance the power of their minds. To that aim, enlightened monks had their brains transport planted into nutrient-filled jars. Whenever they wanted to move, these bottled brains used spider-like droid walkers. Bottled <laughs> brains. <laughs> I know. Older monks use these four-legged walkers, while the most recent, more recent ones use the, the six-legged variant. This is Legends, by the way, but, you know, the line is getting blurred. Very blurry. So, <laughs> it, yeah. 
it reminds me, <laughs> do you remember, I forget which, um, which High Republic novel, but there's a Jedi Master that just exists as like ooze. It's um, ooze and like mist. Yeah. Yeah. And this it kind of reminded me of that, honestly, and like spoke through people's minds and could create lightning uh, from their bodies, from their ooze slash mist. Pretty um, cool. So it kind of it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, Not sure if this will even come up in the show, but first off, crazy concept, so yeah. crazy and really cool to be honest. Uh, just really funny. I think all my life I was like, look at those crazy little spider things wandering around Jabba's palace. Those are weird. Didn't realize it was sludged brains. Um, that's just something else. It's just like I watched, I watched the trailer and then brain. Literally, I watched the trailer and then I go on Twitter and of course everyone's talking about this and I felt like such a, I felt so left out. I felt so without. I didn't know. I didn't know. It's okay. And then I, I learned and now I'm enlightened. It's all a process. It's all a process. It is. You know, we made fun of John Favreau for saying things like the ice cream thing. Was okay, this is a, a deep, deep cut. cut. This, this is, is such this a, deep is a deep cut. This is not so, ice cream level deep cut. This is no. This is super deep. This is a couple it's like John deeper. was like, Dave, tell me the deepest cut <laughs> that we can do for Chubb's Palace. No, I feel like, like all right. <laughs> The the Bomar monks with sludgy brains with the spider walkers. Like, that's what we got to do. They're monks. <laughs> no, I – my headcanon is that at this point, Dave has been like, please stop asking. And so now John has just been emailing uh, Leland <laughs> and Pablo nonstop of what is the deepest <laughs> – what could we find – what are the weird things on Tatooine? And it's just like this really long email chain of uh, Leland and Pablo going back and forth with John and uh, Davis CC on all of them, but he ignores all those emails. He doesn't reply. He doesn't reply he doesn't at all. Reply. You know what? The day that we saw John Favreau at Skywalker Ranch, he was he was putting the the stamp of approval on the Bill Marmonk. I think so. I think that's accurate. <laughs> and Dave was there because Dave was like I. I just I don't I can't build more time to the Bomar Monk. I'm dying at my billable rate. I can't. It, the Bomar Monk cannot sustain both of our billable rates. Yeah. I'd also like to say I did mention that it was Legends, but I guess Ahsoka mentioned them in the Clone Wars movie when they were on Tatooine. So this isn't that could be a bold faced lie, and I would not know. I know. <laughs> I know. So, you know, I there's always a line. Wikipedia wouldn't lie to me, but yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. I will it does kind of feel like we're wrapping up a little bit here at the end, but I do just also want to comment that I think that this trailer tonally and visually matches that of the Mandalorian's trailer really well. And, you know, we're yes. kind of opening up the Mandoverse. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit here with the Book of Boba Fett. So yep. I feel like they go together really well. You had mentioned that like the dialogue sounded really great. I think the dialogue, like Boba's dialogue in particular, reminded me a lot of the clients in the Mandalorian trailer mm-hmm. of um, when I step outside, all I see is war and like whatever that was. And Boba's like kind of his intonation reminded me a lot of that throughout this trailer. So I think they fit really well together. And It'll be interesting to see this transition from the Mandalorian to Book of Boba Fett to back to the Mandalorian and kind of 
if it is seamless, if it's supposed to be seamless, or kind of what all of that looks like as we're going forward? I think it's supposed to be seamless. I think they're intentionally linked. And yeah. we're I think we're gonna see that. I mean, I in my head, I'm like, oh, this is I really do connect these things. I'm like, oh, this is really a sequel to The Mandalorian. The fact that there was the end credit scene, it's called the book. I think we already have the chapters in Mandalorian. This is just another book on the shelf. And I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm really excited. I think I, I feel really lucky as a Star Wars fan to have Tam Morrison and Ming-Na Wen in oh, a yeah. show about Boba Fett. Like this is so cool. And it's like it's so cool. I, I'm I'm here for it. I hope it's a good show. I think I hope I enjoy it. I hope we enjoy it. And I'm really excited to talk about it on the show. Yeah, I'm excited too. Only two more months now. So Yeah. It, it's gonna it's gonna be here really quickly. So <laughs> just get ready. <laughs> Book of Boba Fett comes at you fast. (laughs) (laughs) It does, actually. I mean, it feels like yesterday we were just talking about what the heck is a show that wasn't announced at Disney Plus Day or whatever it was called last year. Yeah. The investors meeting. (laughs) (laughs) That like digital convention about money. It's like four hours (laughs) long, like ordering pizza halfway through it, like get to Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) from like mass euphoria from all those announcements it was just too much it was 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 such an overload i think after the star wars i had to turn it off because like my brain can physically not take anymore (laughs) i slept really well that night i have to say i was just so tired (laughs) i uh we are approaching actually november 12th which is something similar to what they did last year it's a little different i'm still a little unclear about what it is but there should be a boba fett documentary that will be released which Caitlin and I love the BTS sort of uh, features, so mm-hmm. really excited for that. Yeah. Can't wait. Very excited. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and whatever announcements they have in store, maybe a Kenobi teaser, maybe some more info about Kenobi. Not ready. Who's to say? Not ready. <laughs> it's like I don't even want to breathe life into that in case we jinx it, so I'm just going to need you to retract that. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just anytime anytime I talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, I just get so excited. It's like a dream project, and I just can't believe it's happening. And it does not feel real. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's not real until I actually see it with my own eyeballs. And the fact that we're getting we're approaching being able to see it with our own eyeballs, I just feel like I better freaking live until next year for me to be able to see this <laughs> or become a bottled brain. So yes, if if not bottled brain, <laughs> if not, if I don't, I will become live... a Boamore monk or whatever. The I freak. don't live to see Boba Fett with my or Obi Wan Kenobi with my own two eyes. You have permission to bottle my brain. <laughs> Become a spider-like creature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that turned very morbid here at the end. Um, (laughs) I meant to keep it light, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to keep it light, but, like, go ahead and bottle my brain if you have to. (laughs) Must experience Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) No choice. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, well, is there anything else you have to say about Boba Fett, Uh, not the Bomar Monks? Not really. So excited. Really yeah. can't wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Excited to see. I'm excited to hear about what Boba Fett knows and 
what he doesn't and all of that. So we're looking forward to it. And I hope you guys are too. So that is going to wrap up this recap of reaction, I guess, for the Book of Boba Fett trailer that released today on November 1st. So if you want to tell us what you thought of it, you can find us online on Twitter at SkyTalkersPod or our personal handles. Charlotte's is at Clarity and mine is at Caitlin Plusher. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com, our Instagram and Facebook and TikTok account. You can find us on all of those platforms. And if you haven't left us a review yet and would like to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, it helps other people find our show and generally gives us really good vibes. Like we were talking about at the start of the show, only good vibes from five-star reviews. So if you're interested in doing that, we would really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in other ways to support our show and find out how to become a part of our Discord community, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. Yes. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons. Katie, Kelly, Kimberly, Larry, Lauren, Linda, Marty, Mary, Megan, Mercedes, Mike, Nathan, Neil, Nora, Sam, Sarah, Shelby, Shelbo, and Cherie. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.